It's Simmer's Morning Skate, a podcast for the Hockey News. I'm Rob Simpson, a.k.a. Simmer. Travis Green is the head coach of the rebuilding Vancouver Canucks, a team that stuck around the playoff race for a while last year and is in the thick of it this year, despite the fact that not many preseason prognosticators gave them much of a chance. His NHL playing career ended 14 years ago. It included almost six full seasons with the Islanders, parts of two in Anaheim, two in Phoenix, two in Toronto, two in Boston, and a final season briefly back with the Ducks and Leafs. He then played part of a year in Switzerland and then immediately jumped into coaching. It's been a rapid rise thus far based on success in the Western League and the AHL. The BC native played in the Western League as well. Green was a second-round pick of the Islanders in 1989 out of the Spokane Chiefs, where his coach at the time was Isles great Butch Goring. Oddly enough, just as we sat down to talk, Goring was literally having his jersey retired on Long Island. Butch Goring gets his jersey retired. You go back with this guy. He coached in Spokane. I sure do. Uh, uh, you know, there's certain people in your in your life, in your hockey life, that you, when you look back, you're always uh, grateful you met them, grateful you had them in your lives. Uh, for me, Butch Goring's one of those guys. Uh, I, I owe him a lot. He helped me in junior as my coach. I was fortunate to have him my first couple of years in the minors in the AHL as well when, when the uh, Islanders hired him there, and it was for me it was instrumental in getting to the NHL just from a learning side of the game, the X's and O's part, but also the mental side and keeping me sane, making me realize that I probably wasn't as good as I was and or thought I was, and uh, wasn't quite ready to go to the NHL. So I owe him a lot, and he's a good friend of mine now. What about just the fact that you got drafted in the second round by the Islanders? I'm sure he had a great deal of influence on that. I mean, how lucky am I, really? And, and that the my first year in Spokane, actually, Butch wasn't my coach, right. and then they went and hired him, uh, and then to get drafted by the same team that he was a member of uh, is very fortunate. And then not only that, but then they hire him as their American League coach. Um, you know, there's always, I say it a lot, there's a lot of luck involved in making the NHL. There's so many good hockey players out there, and a lot of times, almost, you know, I think back when I played, it almost felt like a third of the league you could sometimes take out of the league and, and bring in another third from around the world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a little bit of luck, and then a lot of times it was just perseverance and sticking with it and learning as you go. At what point did you unofficially in your mind, whether in Portland with the Winterhawks or in Utica, go from being an actual happy-go-lucky player to a surly bench boss? Like, at what point did you kind of notice that you were, you had transformed? Uh, you know, when I retired, I knew I wanted to get into coaching. And, you know, I'd still like to think if you see me away from the rink, uh, you see me around people that I've known a long time, uh, I am a happy, happy-go-lucky guy, but that doesn't mean when you go to work and you go to the rink, uh, you're playing for keeps. And uh, you know, when I played, you know, I almost say I was two different players. Early in my career, I felt like I was trying to find my way. I felt like I was a young, cocky, overconfident kid that thought he was a goal scorer. And that at my last six, seven years, I felt like I was a player that played hard and, and wanted to win and would do anything to win. Uh, with his team and, and you know when you go when you start to become a coach you know I still want my players to enjoy playing I think the love of the game the passion for the game you can't take that away from players um, but when you play you play for keeps and, and you might see me when I'm coaching I'm I am serious I'm, I'm all business I'm dialed in I want our team to win I want them to play a certain way uh, and I want them to have that kind of mindset 
Uh, but there are times behind the scenes when I'm with our team and our coaches and our players, I'm not afraid to show them a different side and, and have fun and smile and laugh with them because I think that's important in life too. Yeah. Well, it's obviously working because in Portland you took over in 13, kind of by accident. Mike Johnston gets yeah. kind of suspended for yeah. whatever. And you take them all the way to the Memorial Cup final. Two years later, Utica, you run all the way yeah. to the Calder. So pretty remarkable record so far there. But Well, you know, you, you sometimes you get lucky again. You know, I felt like I got lucky as a player. Uh, you know, you hope you're a good coach. You hope you can do it. You hope you can push your players. You know, coaching is so many things. Uh, obviously, there's the X's and O's. Uh, you got to be able to teach the game. So you need to know your X's and O's. You need to be a teacher. You need to make your players accountable, each in a different way. But you've also got to make your players better and push them to play their best. Uh, you know, that's for me a nutshell on what makes a good coach. And you got to have all those elements. You got to understand the game. You got to teach it. You got to develop them into good players. And then you've got to make them play their best. And, and can you make them play their best more times than their average? Because yeah. average doesn't cut it now. Yes. Uh, the league is so close. If you play average, you're probably flipping a coin if you're going to win or lose. And if you can push your team and to play above average and get the bar pushed higher, well, I know you've got a better chance of winning. And uh, we've talked to our group, the kind of culture we want to have in Vancouver since we came here, certain things we wanted to have, and habits and traits that we want in a player. But at the end of the day, we want guys that love winning and will do anything to do it. And we want a team that's hard to play against, and that hard to play against can come in a number of ways. It you know, a lot of people think right away you're talking fighting and that, and, and that's that's part of the game. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just doing whatever you can to win uh, a tenacity level that can come from your top end skilled guys right down to your bottom end guys that you know that are chipping a lot of pucks in and killing penalties. Speaking of running to people you know, two stops in Toronto, but of course the major one was the great run in 02. I think he had broken ribs. In yeah. the playoffs, right, yeah. which affected things. But obviously you're talking to Wendell Clark and Darcy Tucker out here yeah. today. Um, never gets old, I guess, in terms of reminiscing what almost was. You know, it's you come when you come to Toronto and after you play here, especially in those couple of years that I was here, we, we, had a, we had a good hockey team and it was fun. A Canadian kid growing up and getting to play in Toronto, you know, there's nothing better, uh, especially when you love the game and, I had a lot of fond memories here, a lot of good people, a lot of good friends. Uh, coming back has always been special to see some of these people again. And uh, you know, certain parts of the year, certain games in the year that you always, you're like, well, I'm excited about going there to see so-and-so or play in front of, you know, you play Saturday night hockey night in Canada. It's an exciting game for players. It's an exciting game for coaches and management as well. Yeah. Of course, you were in Boston sandwiched around the original lockout. Mm -hmm. um, probably the best memory of that experience was co-hosting the Travis Green show with me uh, as part of it. <laughs> uh, it was a weird couple of years around the lockout. It was. Uh, you know, it's funny how your career goes by and you start thinking about different things and you know you're getting close to the end. Uh, I probably would have played forever if they let me, but everyone father time is undefeated. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed my time in Boston too. It's, it's, it's a great sports city. Uh, we had some good teams there again. You know, I've enjoyed all my stops, but I think it, when you get to the end of your career, you really value uh, the game. You, lo you love going to the rink. Uh, some days you feel like you're on borrowed time, and uh, you can see that the light, is, you know, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, uh, you know, that was part I really, 
I just loved playing then and really valued every game, every moment. And, uh, you know, I look back and I have so many fond memories uh, from my playing days. And, and, and then you move on, and I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I'm playing, um, I'm still in the game and coaching now in the game, and, and I still have the same passion for it now. And, and you hope that your players can, they have that same passion within them, and maybe it rubs off on them a little bit. I thought you had a future in television, though, after you co-hosted the episode because you're, <laughs> you're pretty damn good. Um, I want to show you a picture. Hold on a second. Are you kidding me with this yeah, mullet? This man. mullet. That I is, asked, you I get asked the, that a lot. You had a varsity mullet. All, maybe all-time top. Uh, Yeggs might have the best one ever. <laughs> but uh, You're close. You know what? It seemed like that was the thing to do back then. <laughs> it was uh, hockey players had the long hair and... Uh, I was no different. Uh, even really to the end of my career, I, I kept my hair pretty long, and uh, it wasn't really probably until I started coaching that I I cut cut my hair off, and that was probably the first sign of you know what, like it's all business now. <laughs> Presently, you have a kid named uh, his hair is much more manageable and reasonable. Um, Quinn Hughes, yeah. real deal. Uh, no way to predict that long term. What what separates him, and why would we see the long term potential here? Well, his skill level is uh, very high end. Um, not only on the ice with his skills, his skating, his vision, his deception, uh, his love of the game. He loves playing, but his off ice humbleness. Uh, I think that's a word. Um, you know, he's just he's just wired where things don't get to him. Uh, he understands that he's when he makes a mistake, he's he, he's not afraid to take some criticism in his game. Uh, but if he was first star one night uh, and the next night he was minus three, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even see a difference in him in the locker room. And I think that's a great trait for young players to have. It keeps, them, um, it keeps their game to the level where it needs to be. They don't get ahead of themselves. Uh, they can handle pressure. Uh, and not only pressure off the ice or, or around the city, but uh, in big games. Uh, you want your best players to be able to handle pressure and not succumb to it. Uh, and there is. There's a lot of pressure on the best players when they get into big-time games, and you need them to produce. And I have no idea, idea or no uh, doubt that this, you know, that Quinn will be able to handle that. Greener, I don't run into you often enough. It's always a distinct pleasure. Too too rare or too seldom, but uh, I wish you nothing but the best moving forward. Well, thanks, Bob. It's always great to see you too, and uh, thanks for having me. Thank you, Greener. The Canucks lost their game in Toronto 4-2. This podcast falls to 500 for participatory game day guests at 3-3-1. It'll be a challenging road ahead for the Canucks, especially with the injury to their stalwart netminder this season, Jacob Markstrom. It appears out for at least a couple of weeks. Don't forget to check out all the Hockey News podcast options at thehockeynews.com. Also a great place to subscribe to the print and digital editions of the Bible of Hockey. I'll have another Morning Skate edition popping up later this week. Until then, this has been Simmer's Morning Skate for the Hockey News. Enjoy the hockey action.